This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. We are walking in that victory in a brand new series called Make It or Break It. Everyone say, make it or break it. And there are some principles in the Bible that are make it or break it. Like these these are things that make or break our relationships, um, that make or break our uh, vitality spiritually and certainly our relationship with God, these principles. And the first one we said was pride. Man, that's a make it or break it. Pride and humility, make it or break it. That was last week. And this week, we're going to talk about fear. Next week, we're going to talk about apathy. And then we're going to talk about distraction the following week and then weariness. Those are the five main principles that are make it or break it principles. And um, we, uh, we're, we're thankful for uh, a growing church and, and we apologize for not having enough of the worship guides. We'll we, we print more each week, and how many of you know we run, we've run? we been running out the last few weeks, and we're building a new building. I don't know if we have a picture of it, but we're building out a building across the parking lot, and so we'll have room uh, in a few weeks to be able to continue to, uh, to add chairs and, and, and to grow beyond these two services. But uh, I want you to know that these principles are so important, and um, here's, here's the building. It's not the place. It's the principles. Whether we're here or up there or wherever we're at, um, we, we are gathered around the Bible to understand. And, and, and I want you to, to read with me um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, probably one of the top five most common passages in the Bible. But I'm going to read two verses after it as well because I want you to get the full context of what it's saying. And we're going to talk about trusting the Lord Um, even in the midst of our fear. But it says, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 and then 7 and 8, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health unto thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Let's pray. God, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts about fear and we all experience fear. We pray that you'd please instruct our fear with faith and with trust and with the, what the Bible says. I pray that as we continue this series through the book of Proverbs, as we talk about these principles from Proverbs, I pray that you would instruct our personal relationships, but also our relationship with you as well. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I was working with young adults. I was a young adult pastor for uh, five years or for 15 years. And, and, and for all of those years, we, were, uh, we would do activities and have all of these different things for young adults. And uh, we needed a place to store some of our activity equipment. And there were some abandoned buildings on the east side of Lancaster that uh, someone owned. And they said that we could use them for very, uh, very cheap uh, to, to be able to store some of, our, some of our things. And so I thought, man, that's perfect. We just have a bunch of stuff we just need to put in there. And so uh, we went and got a crew. We got all the stuff out of the buildings, put it into our trucks and went and set up for the activity. 
And when we came back, it was dark at night and we didn't think of the other, a bunch of guys, you know, unloading the stuff. And as we were putting stuff inside the building, we realized that some of the stuff that we hadn't taken had moved. It's kind of odd, but we didn't think anything of it. And then in the corner, there was like this little teddy bear on a, on a chair, you know, a little creepy, but, you know, it wasn't there before either. We didn't think anything of it. And uh, as we were putting stuff in, we moved the chair with the teddy bear until someone who turned out to be a homeless guy spoke up and said, that's mine. And that was about all we needed to hear. We were out of there, okay? I, I don't even remember leaving the building, but I was gone. I, I, I don't know if I teleported or transported, but we all got out of there. I don't know if you've ever felt the hair stand up on the back of your neck and just the fear overwhelmed you. And man, there is nothing stopping you. I didn't care if I was kind of like the cartoons going out of the wall, right? Leaving my imprint. I was not staying around to find out who that was. I was fearful. The Bible uses the word for that type of fear, and it uses this word, um, padak. It's, it's, it's an interesting word. It means to be terrified. It means to, to be panicked, to have a constant state of fear and trembling. Now, fear, this type of fear, can instruct us in order to save our life. This is not evil. In fact, God gave us this type of fear. God wired our hearts to have this, this, this type of fear. The pakad is how you say it. Pakad fear. It's, 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 a, it's a fight or flight response that the Bible puts inside our heart and our life. But I will tell you that this is not meant to be sustained at a long period of time. And so... As we begin this morning, I think it's important for us to understand that short periods of fear are okay, this type of fear, but long periods of prolonged tear and prolonged anxiety because of the fear is actually detrimental to our health. There's good fear. We'll talk about that in future weeks about it's Yara. It's, it's the word for respect. I have a respect of heights. I don't know about you, but I have a respect for the power of a lion or, 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 or the venom of a, of a snake, right? I, I, I respect those things. But the Bible speaks of the, the, the fear of man, for instance, that, that, that's in your notes. The fear of man brings a snare. There's, there's all sorts of fears that actually can bring an end or uh, uh, the end of health to our relationship with God and others. Now this, the first command is given us to trust. Trust in the Lord. And then it says, as you trust in the Lord, uh, allow the Lord's trust to provide a presence and a respect of him. And that's where it says, be not wise and otherwise, but fear the Lord. That's a different word. That's yar. That's a respect. But all throughout scripture, it talks about the other type of fear. And it talks about the fear we're going to mention today that can erode trust in our relationships. Now, Fear is, like I said, not a bad thing, but when, it's, when it becomes harmful, it is, it is an all-encompassing thing. That's when it grips us. That's when, that's when it allows us to be consumed by the fear. And this is what David said about trust. He said, in the Lord put I my trust. Let me never be in confusion. Now, we can either be in fear and in confusion, or we can be 
in the trust of the Lord or in the refuge of trust, but we can't be both. We can't be in both. Now, let me, let me tell you what the word trust is. It's batak, okay? So, uh, um, pakad is, is the Hebrew word for fear. That's the, that's the fight or flight. And when that is prolonged, it's unhealthy. We all recognize that. Trust prolonged is healthy. In fact, whenever there's even a break in trust, it's incredibly damaging to a relationship. We all know that. This trust is a complete reliance. It's a bold, confident security um, in, in, in someone, but it's, it's a humility too. We talked about that a little bit last week, but it's an expectation. It's actually the word they would use to talk about a refuge that you could trust, a, a place that you could go, a safe house, right? You, you have a safe house of trust in God that is so healthy for your relationships and so healthy for your relationship with God as well. Now, fear becomes deadly when it is untethered to the truth, when it becomes untethered to reality. That's when this type of fear we're talking about becomes deadly. Let me explain something that happened to my brother a couple years ago, and I think it will illustrate the point well. My brother was on vacation in Hawaii with his wife's family, and they were waking up on a Saturday morning. They were about to fly um, back to, to, to the mainland, and all of a sudden, their phones started going berserk. They started going off and kind of like an Amber Alert out here you get, you know, everyone's phone started going off and their phone was going off, only it wasn't saying something that you would normally see. It was saying this message uh, that basically said, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii, seek immediate shelter, this is not a drill. This, I don't know if you remember this hitting the news, but I mean, this brought total panic to the Hawaiian Islands. I mean, to the point that people were taking their children, their young children, and putting them in sewer drains to protect them from the missile that was coming. And, and, and the general context was um, the United States, Mike Pompeo, who was, the, um, who was the Secretary of State at the time, had been me- meeting with um, generals in, in the North Korean army, and there were talks going back and forth. And it was in that context to where this was totally believable. And uh, several things had happened. The, the guy who was sitting in this uh, command center um, who was clicking the buttons, actually clicked, instead of test, he, he clicked the, the wrong button that basically sent out this, it is not a drill message. But it takes about an hour and a half to two hours to reset the whole emergency system. And so the, the, the cancellation text took about two hours. And so my brother's saying, we're literally sitting in this house, this Airbnb is saying, what, what do we do? Do we go inland? <laughs> do we try to hide in the mountains somewhere? Do, 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 we, do we get in a boat and try to, try to you know, outrun it? Like, do, we, do we run our boat as fast as we can to, 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 to away from it? And then we're like, well, the tsunami, I mean, that's not smart. They, for two hours, they were terrified. You'd be terrified too. It was a lot more deadly for others. Some people took their life. But I will tell you this. All of that was the fear, that dread that can come over us in an instant. That is a healthy thing to understand that there is a imminent threat, but when it's not tethered to the truth, it is very damaging for no reason. It was a simple mistake. And there were a lot of things that went wrong. The governor was locked out of his Twitter account and couldn't remember his password. There were other officials who were asleep and couldn't be, uh, 
woken by, by the, all the calls saying, please, you know, put out the message. This is a false alarm. And so for two hours, there was constant fear. Now, you might not be fearing a ballistic missile this morning, but there are other fears. Fear of a pandemic. Fear of losing a relationship. A fear of whether or not God is going to bring his judgment upon you. A lot of people fear that. A fear of uh, losing a position, a job. A fear of a vaccine. Fear of someone uh, criticizing you or someone posting something online about you or fear of, uh, of, of a reputation or, or, or there are hundreds of different things that we could talk about, but all of our fears must be placed within the context of truth. See, fear will often deceive us into believing something that is less than true. Fear is many times, not all the times, but fear many times in our relationships is a liar. Fear wants you to believe something about someone without even asking them. Well, that person's mad at me. How do you know? (laughs) Well, they didn't look at me. Well, maybe they were looking at someone else. Fear says that because someone hasn't texted you for three hours and you text them three hours ago, they're mad at you. But in reality, maybe they're busy. Maybe their phone died. There's a lot of our fears that are irrational. And so we have to get back to the truth. And when Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, every word of God is pure, it is, he is a shield, he is a fortress, he is a refuge to them that put their trust in him. I can either put my trust in my assumptions, in, in, in my ability to uh, communicate in a relationship, or I can t- just say, okay, God, I'm going to trust your plan. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to place my trust in your context. And this is the rest of this passage. Verse 6 says, and don't add to his reality. Don't add to his truth, lest you be found a liar. Lest he reprove you and say, no, 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 that's not true. He, they, they weren't angry with you. You never asked them. They, they didn't have ill intent. They were just wanting to get down to the bottom of the situation. They weren't trying to criticize. They were trying to help you. And so there's many times that our fear creates a, a, a dishonest deception in our heart, in our life, and fear is often a liar. And so what do we do to confront that? We infuse the truth. And that's why I'm so proud of you being here. We had a full first service and everyone's learning the same truth. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the truth. And and so I've given you about 50 verses. We're not going to be able to cover all of them this morning because of time, but I've given them to you in your message notes so that you can memorize, and here's the action item, memorize scriptures on trusting God and overcoming fear. Don't just write down your fears. That's therapeutic. That's helpful. And some of you know my background in psychology and counseling, and the mind needs to release things, right? So you've got to vent. You've got to write things down. You've got to get it out, man. You can't bottle it in. But, but don't just exhale with never inhaling the truth. You've got to write it out, but you've got to place the truth in your heart and mind as well. That's why we have Bible meditation groups. That's why we're doing everything we can to get uh, this family of faith around the truth. So there's four truths uh, that we're gonna look at in our brief time together, four truths to place trust over fear. Number one, I want you to see that trust is a continual choice. The the verb here, trust, batak, is a a constant choice. It, It literally could be translated, you trust always in the Lord with all thine heart. It literally could be translated that way. Like, always trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
It's a constant decision. Now, I won't go over any particulars because uh, my boys are in here and I, and I wouldn't, uh, you know, betray their confidence in this. But there are many times when just as any child would have a nightmare or, or something would happen where sudden fear comes over a child. That's a very normal thing. How abnormal and totally messed up in the head would I have to be for my, one of my boys to come to me with a nightmare and for me to say, dream about something else, stupid. Come on, like, get over it. Hold on, time out. They're not coming to me to tell me to, to, for me to tell them to get over it. I mean, how terrible would it be for me just to quote a verse to them and say, go back to bed? Without ever giving them what the human heart needs in a moment of fear, and that's the reassurance. That's the arm around their shoulder. That's the, hey, let's go back to bed. Let's pray together. I'll stay here until you fall asleep kind of reassurance. Let me tell you, the the way that God wired you as a Christian is you need the reassurance of grace to know that your heavenly father is not standing over you with a hammer. He's already dropped the hammer on his son, Jesus. He's given you grace. He wants you to know he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one that is the loving father that can come alongside you in your fear. You see, it's really, really wrong, all of these statements to say, have no fear. Because Fear, there is no world, broken world, that we could ever live in with the absence of fear. Fear will always be there. It is what we do with those fears. And, and, and you know, um, psychology always talks about, you know, the, the, the different fears in relationships, the, um, you know, the anxious fears and, and um, you know, attachment anxiety and, and, and you know, the, the avoidant relationships and all of these things are, are, are you know, because of what happened when in our childhood and you can kind of unpack all that. And I just want you to know that no matter what uh, the result of your fear is in a relationship, the, the antidote is trust in God. The antidote is grace. Where sin abounds, grace is much more abound, where fear abounds, uh, the trust that we have in our Heavenly Father uh, can be motivated uh, and, and driven by the fears that we have. Literally, our fears could drive us closer to Jesus Christ. We just decide to place our fears inside the context of our trust in Him and the truth that He gives. So here's a key thought. Fear becomes a friend when it pushes us closer to the Heavenly Father. And those moments of fear that my boys have, it really brought us closer together. They were not running from me in those moments. They were running toward me. And that should, should be our response as well. David talked about this when he said in Psalm 56.3, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Let's say that together. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Listen, whatever time you are afraid, young and old, this is a great, great memory verse. Verse 11 says, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man or what woman or what boss or what spouse or what government official. I will not be afraid of what man can do unto me. Listen, come what will. Listen, whatever they share, whatever they tell your friend or your other family member, or whatever they think they can do, can I tell you that there's a God that's bigger than their vindictive behavior? There's a God that's bigger than any other person in your relationships, and he is the one who we put our trust in daily. And so what do we do 
in a relationship when there hasn't been trust. Maybe you're right now thinking, man, I just can't trust a God who wasn't there for me when I needed him. I have a lot of people who said, man, I'd, I'd never step foot in church because I asked God for help in a very, very difficult time and he didn't help me. What, what do we do when, when we've, we're in a relationship and our trust has been betrayed? Someone's broken our trust. Then, then, then how does that work? Well, everything must start with our relationship with God. So if you've never placed your trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, you don't have a relationship. Now, now he's offering that relationship to you, but that doesn't happen automatically. You aren't born into a relationship with God just because you were born into you know, the United States or, or, or because you go to church. You are brought into the family of God by choice. How many of you are thankful we have the choice to come into the family of God? Man, I'm thankful. And I'm thankful it doesn't have to be me going to church or me cleaning up my act because I'm telling you, you could never be clean enough to step into the presence of God on your own merit. But when we trust God for salvation, we're saying, God, I am trusting what your son did on the cross to pay for my iniquity, my sin, my past, and my present. The mess I am is paid by him. And so we trust in him and we, we are trusting a God that never fails. Let me say it again. We are trusting a God that never fails. Now I will fail you. I will fail my boys, you will fail you, you will fail your family, your spouse, your kids, but God will never fail. Let's say that together. God will never fail. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He will never fail. And so we can always trust him, but the difference between me trusting you and you trusting me and me trusting God and you trusting God is our trusting God doesn't need boundaries. Now we need boundaries, but God never fails. So God doesn't have to have, God, how many of you know God knows no bounds? God, God needs no boundaries. God does not need boundaries. He has a limitless ability to love us. He has an, a limitless ability to help us, to guide us, direct us. But in our relationships, trust need boundaries. How many of you know that? Man, our trust needs boundaries. Let me encourage you, whatever relationship you're going to lean into, with your relationship with God, you don't need boundaries. God, 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 you can come to God anytime, day or night. You can bring your guilt to God. Your, you, can bring, you, you can bring your anger to God. You can bring it all. But in our relationships, you have to have trust. If there is no trust, there will be soon no relationship. So you say, how do you build trust? You build trust by trusting God that he wants you to be in this relationship enough that you're willing to choose to trust again, even someone who doesn't deserve your trust, knowing that God is ultimately in control and that if you're operating within your boundaries, okay, not outside boundaries, listen, not, not abuse. We're not talking about, you know, God gives boundaries for broken people. How many of you know that, right? And so that's a whole nother sermon. But here's an action item. Choose to trust again. Choose to trust again. And in my notes, it says with boundaries. And I would, if that's not in your notes, I would encourage you to put that parentheses in there. With boundaries, even if the past is a part, that past fear is a part of the process. Now, why do I say the process? Because trust is a process. It absolutely is. And rarely 
if ever, does our trust ever come without fear? Let me say that again. Rarely does our trust in God or each other ever come without fear. So if you're waiting to trust someone in a relationship before, if you're waiting for no fear before you trust them, you're going to be waiting a whole lot of time. You're going to be waiting and waiting. Why? Because no one is ultimately trustworthy. But we are serving a God who's trustworthy. And God says, hey, I'm going to give you the boundaries. He calls them statutes. I'm going to give you the boundaries in which you can trust. And it's going to be a continual decision. So we trust with boundaries. And it's a constant uh, decision. Number two, I want you to see that fear is a self-formed perspective. It is a self-formed perspective. He says, lean not unto thine own understanding. How many of you know fear is just leaning on your own understanding of the situation? Uh, a self-formed perspective. That's what fear is. That's a technical definition of fear. And pride leads us to trusting our self-made perspective more than trusting God's way. And there's some verses about that. But uh, ultimately, our fear grows and, and it becomes more vivid the more our view of God becomes obstructed. Uh, obstructed. So when, when, when we are viewing our problems and our pressures and our fears with great anticipation and with great passion and with great detail, and our view of God is just 30 minutes on Sunday, our fears they, they have any, they, they, they are going to grow. They are going to grow. But when our God gets big, our fears start to shrink. When our view of God starts to become vivid, when our view of God starts to be unobstructed, everything else starts to dissipate and our trust starts to grow in a God who can be trusted. Now, let me illustrate it this way. Have you ever asked someone to take a picture and you were really looking forward to seeing the photo and they walked away and and you're looking at the photo and 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 they weren't looking at the photo when they took the photo and and one of these one of these situations happened where they were you know taking a photo these people were visiting Athens and and they wanted a photo of them walking up to the up to the uh, the, the the temple there in Athens um, uh, the Acropolis and 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 all they got was them walking no Acropolis no 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 you know uh to you know two century old or uh, two millennia old ruins. None of that, just a finger. There's another couple and uh, went, went down on, uh, on a Christmas break to, San, uh, to, to uh, Mexico and, and they wanted a picture on the beach, on a horse, on, uh, on Christmas day. And all they got was a finger and half a horse. As silly as that is, and as frustrating as that is, because it's unavoidable or it's avoidable, there, there are some things in our lives that are obstructing our view of God. There, there, are some, there are some habits that we've formed that are really honestly taking our eyes off of God and placing it on our fears. And so we have to place our heart and our, and our love for God back into focus. And when we're focused on him, our, our fears start to dissipate. You, you, dissipate. you see, fear has no place to settle in a heart filled with the grace and love of God. 1 John 4.18 says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. How many of you know that you, you cannot cast out your fear on your own, but when you're in perfect love, you say, well, how could I ever love perfectly? Well, that's a good question. When Christ's love is in you, you have perfect love flowing through you. His love 
is always perfect. So it's a constant choice. It's continual. Uh, That's what trust is. Fear is really a self-formed perspective. It's our own perspective. It's leaning on our own understanding. But then he continues and he says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Number three, I want you to see that fear is the absence of God's presence. Fear is the absence of God's presence. Now, it doesn't mean that God is just absent from from the universe or that his presence is nowhere to be found. It means that when we turn our attention toward our fears, when we turn our attention toward our anxieties, uh, we are really turning our back on the power and presence of God. Now, as hard as that is for me as a pastor to to say, because it sounds super harsh, I want you to know that, that, that the opposite is true. When we turn our attention, our, our, our thoughts and our worship and our passion into the presence of God, we are turning our back on our fears. How many of you know it'd be better to have your back to your fears than it would be having your back to God in his presence? How many of you know that, that that's a reality? And in Psalm 37, I don't have time to read it, but it talks about in Psalm 37 about how when we trust in the Lord, um, we dwell in his presence and, and, and we delight ourselves in him, verse four, and we commit our way to him and, and he brings to pass what we couldn't bring to pass on our own. It's in the presence of God. It's, it's trusting in God, not having confidence in man. It's, it's placing our priorities in the things that he said to prioritize. And so irrational fear is the best way to identify and expose misplaced priorities. And we've seen it in this pandemic. This pandemic has robbed us, you know, regardless, and there's a lot of things health-wise and we had to do or whatever, but it has robbed us from the 53 one another's that are commanded in the New Testament. There are a lot of the one another things that we just haven't been able to do because of this pandemic. And we need to get back to the priority of saying, hey, I need encouragement. I need, and that's why I'm so proud of you for being here is because these services are not about me, not about you. This is about us saying, hey, I need to place a priority on the truth. I need to place a priority on the presence of God. I need to place a priority on learning what God says about spiritual growth. You see, here's a key thought. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can defeat the spirit of fear, depression, and anxiety. We talked about the spirit of depression, the spirit of heaviness. We talked about last week. You can go back and listen to that. Depression and anxiety, it is a spirit. I believe it's a spirit from Satan that's gripping our culture. But also the Bible says that the spirit of fear, uh, it can be overcome by the Holy Spirit as well. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1.7, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Don't be, a, don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. I will, I will hold your right hand. I will help you. Don't be afraid. Listen, uh, just like a big brother is, is, is willing to go to bat for a younger brother or a dad or a mother, a mama bear, man, she'll protect her children. Uh, God is saying, I want to protect you if you'll come into my presence and understand that in my power, in my love, in a sound mind, wrapping your fears contextually in the truth, uh, those fears will start to subside. And so it's a constant decision. That's what trust is. 
But it's also, number four, I want you to see the second thing about trust and the final point today, and then we'll be finished. Trust brings the blessings of the Lord. How many of you want the blessing of the Lord in your life? Man, I pray God's blessing over our church, and right now God is blessing our church and and, and, and in so many ways, and we're excited about what God's doing uh, in our young church. But I will tell you something, uh, that every blessing is a gift from God. Every work promotion is a gift from God. You say, well, no, I, I developed those skills. Who gave you the mind? Who gave you the acumen? Who gave you the talent, the ability? Who gave you the health to be able to walk into that workplace? It's a gift from God. And so every gift is from God. And it talks about this in verse eight. It says, it shall be health unto thy navel. You say, what about my belly button? No, 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 it's not about, it's not talking about your belly button. It's talking about your overall health. You see, what you put in your belly is the result of your health. How many of you know there's a correlation between what you eat and how you feel <laughs> and, and your health, right? You can't eat candy apples every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and feel good about it. You say, well, there's an apple under there. Yeah, it's canceled out by the caramel, right? I just dispelled some of you. Oh, I thought that was health food. No, it's not. But the truth and trusting God Man, that's going to be health, spiritual health, relational health. Can, you, can I just say something as your pastor? And I say this so lovingly, and I'm even going to back up because I don't want anyone to throw a shoe at me, but, but I just want you to know what I'm about to say. It's super convicting to me, but you can't starve yourself spiritually and still grow. You can't. But can I tell you, we're living in a culture that is that is literally feasting from a buffet of entertainment and we are starving ourselves spiritually. And like I said, that's why I'm so thankful you're here today and, and there's a passion right now for the truth and I'm, I'm thankful for that. It is health to your relationships. It is health, man, listen, the next three weeks, we're gonna talk about apathy in relationships. We're gonna talk about distraction in relationships, weariness, getting tired in a relationship. Listen, if you know someone in a relationship, man, you need, to, you need to get them under the sound of the truth. Why? Because that truth will give you health. Not just health, but strength that says marrow to your bones. That marrow, that's the bones are the strongest part of you. Man, I'll tell you, you're, you're, the, the, the bones, you, that's, that's the strongest part you have and it'll give you strength. It'll, it'll strengthen the strongest part you have. Those are blessings from the Lord. And so here's a key thought. The blessed life is found in trusting the Lord more than trusting self. Just trust the Lord. David said in Psalm 2, verse 12, blessed are they that put their trust in him. Listen, if you're watching online, and we have many who are watching online and, 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 and hundreds each week who listen on the radio, uh, 90.5 on the radio, and, and, and thankful for everyone uh, under the sound of my voice in this room as well. But I wanna tell you something, whether you're watching now or uh, later, I want you to know this, that trust in God is worth it. Every time you trust God, there is a blessing. And that's not prosperity preaching. That's when you trust God for salvation, he, he says, hey, listen, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force you into my kingdom. I'm not gonna force you into a relationship with me, but I'm gonna let you enter that relationship through trust. And so we trust in the Lord for salvation. We trust in the Lord for our relationship with him. We trust others for a relationship as well. And so what happens is many times in our relationship, there are difficulties, there are tensions, there are mistakes that were made. 
there are offenses. And all of those difficulties, they start to rob us. They start to create fear and they start to rob us of trust. And what's happening is the very things that were meant to strengthen our relationships are actually breaking them. That's why we named this make it or break it. Because the very things that could break them can also make them. Let me illustrate it this way. A few years ago, there was a scientist who was funded by a billionaire who decided they wanted to try to create sustainable life in, on other planets, and this is where they started. 50 minutes north of Tuscan, Arizona, in the USA, at the base of the Santa Catalina Mountains in Oracle, lies a glass and space frame facility unlike anything you've ever seen before. A set of geodesic domes and pyramids known as Biosphere 2. It was a vision that could be a step towards humans colonizing Mars. But despite being so advanced and futuristic, this project eventually turned out to be a nightmare. I asked them to pause it at the nightmare. You can go research the Biosphere 2. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. But here's what wasn't cool. All the plants died. You say, well, they had water, they had sunlight, they, uh, they had everything they needed to grow, and why would they die? And the scientists asked themselves the same thing. Why? We did everything we knew to do for these plants and these trees to grow, and they're not growing. They died, and they, they had to scrap literally billions of dollars. They had to just scrap, and they're, they're starting to use it again because they figured out what was wrong. You know what was wrong? No wind. Yeah, yeah, Palmdale, no wind. <laughs> there was no wind. You say, that's not why the plants died. That's why the plants died. There was no storm, not just for rain. There was no disruption to the plants at all. And they didn't know this until the 80s, that plants need resistance. They need difficulty they need things to be swaying back and forth because it's what puts the roots in the ground. Now, guys, listen, I'm just super passionate about this because this really ministered to me that many times I am actually complaining to God for the very things he put in my life to strengthen me. I'm actually calling his blessings a curse. I'm actually calling my burdens uh, a tragedy when really it's just a moment for God to strengthen me where he couldn't strengthen me. Otherwise, you say, there's no way this annoying person in my life is put there. No, it might be the fact that God has put someone in your life to put pressure on you to grow in a way that you never could before. And the winds and the storms of life are the moments of growth that we learn through, that we grow through, that we allow uh, our trust to grow. You see, something that's never been tested can never be trusted. And so we have to trust a God that is trustworthy through the thick and thin, through the storms, through the pandemic, through everything that's going on. Here's an action item. Accept the, tr the testing that you're resisting. And listen, if you're like me, maybe you're not, but if you're like me, man, I'm, I'm constantly resisting the, the, the little tests God's putting in my way. I'm constantly resisting but accept the testing you've been resisting so God can trust you with the blessing you've been missing. 
the very thing that we are pushing up against is the very thing God's using to strengthen us. And so here's the takeaway, and then we'll pray. Fear is the choice that we make to operate our lives and our relationships outside of God's presence. That's what fear is. It's saying, I'm gonna operate outside of your presence. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna worry about this on my own. I'm gonna take control. I'm gonna, I'm gonna through my anger, through my manipulation, through my means, because I'm afraid of something, losing something, hurting, you know, someone hurting me. I'm afraid of that, so I'm gonna operate outside of the way you told me to operate in my relationship. I'm gonna take the reins. That's fear. Fear drives us to do that. But trust is the choice of receiving God's blessing. Say, God, I didn't think this was a blessing, but it might be a blessing in disguise. This is a really difficult thing for me, but I'm just gonna trust you. And if you'll trust God on the other side of faith, every time you trust him, on the other side of your fear and your faith, there's always a blessing. There's a blessing waiting for the person who's willing just to say, God, no matter what's happening in my life, no matter what the winds of this culture, the pandemic, whatever's happening around me, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna place my fear in the refuge of your trust. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.